Hey friends, thank you for being so patient with us. We're really excited to share this episode and it's been a while, hasn't it? Well, before we start, I really want to thank our Patreon supporters, specifically our new ones that we didn't get to thank last episode. So we want to thank Derek and David, Jacina, Sarah, Martha, and Regina. Thank you all so very much for your help. And if you would like to be a Patreon supporter, you can go to patreon.com slash for collard girls. And that's collard like the greens, y'all. We're really looking forward to sharing a lot more the rest of the season and picking up some more. So thank you all so much. We are for collard girls. After we've released your episode, I feel good. Yeah, I do. I feel good. Um, it was so funny. Like when we posted, shared it on the Facebook. Yeah. Um, I think a couple of people commented like, "Laura, we love your lip color," and I'm like, "That's so funny." I hope you listen to the podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's me being super insecure. I also loved my lip color. It was um, a good color. It was a great color. Great color. But um, no, I, I did have like a lot of people reach out and just say like, this is so great. Thank you for sharing your story. And um, just like like friends also that just reconnected that I haven't heard in a while. So I think it was overall good. Yeah, it, was it was good. good story, it was. Thank it was good. Thank you. Thank so you. So we continue on with Faith Becoming Our Own. We continue on with a series. Yes. Yeah. Danielle. <laughs> I'm so excited. She's amazing. Should we talk about how we met her? We should. Okay. Yeah. So we met Danielle. We talk a little bit later in the interview. Oh. We should totally. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So yeah, we met Danielle. In a super awkward moment. (laughs) Hopefully she'll talk about that. (laughs) <laughs> when we were at Wild Goose. <laughs> By awkward, we mean Laura. <laughs> I was like, you want to hang out? You want to be my friend? Oh, yeah. That's, that's kind of what happened. Yeah, and then we sat with her that night. And yeah. Wine. And just... And talked. Talked. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was good. So, so what happened at Wild Goose was that we were all... Um, under this big tent singing hymns. Yeah. Um, Beer and hymns hymns was the event and it was great. But I also noticed that myself and Danielle were the only people of color outside of the tent. (laughs) And so then I like turned to her and I was like, Hey, how are you? And she's like, I'm good. And then we struck up a conversation. And then like, I think we, I don't remember how we can reconnected like you, me, Tamika. I I was already, you, you were waiting for me to come back. That's right. I was waiting for you to come back. I got our drink tickets. That's right. We're waiting for drink tickets. That's right. Yes. And then uh, we got the drink ticket Mm -hmm. and we sat down and we had wine and we talked about her project. It was so good. It was so good. So like fulfilling and hearing that, I guess something, I don't know. I think it's just wonderful to see like you want something in the world very similar to what she does with like interior design and healing to come together and you like don't know what that looks like. Right. And then she's like, yeah, this is what I do. And your heart's like, oh my God. 
gosh, this actually exists. So it's good. So, yeah, so here's her story and the interview I did with her um, because Laura was away. I was. And it was really good, and she has some really powerful, amazing things to share. Mm -hmm. So here it is. Here we go. I love people. No, really, I love people, individually. I've always been this way, feeling others' pain as if it were my own. Seeing beyond the obvious, desiring to learn the stories that make up the story. The between the lines, the context, the constellation of experience as a connected, living, breathing life. Wanting to probe others for deeper meaning by asking the tough questions. In the same way that I love exploring the inner space that people occupy, I also love the physical spaces and their ability to transform the psyche. I enjoy the concept and the practicality of ambiance as a catalyst for peace, growth, and inner transformation. Ambiance is the fertile ground for introspection and revelation in the same way that worship sets the groundwork for the Holy Spirit to break through and speak to us. I started the Oasis Alliance to create those reflective and vibrant personalized spaces for people who have suffered trauma, homelessness, sexual abuse, domestic violence, war, and mental health challenges. I've had two parallel careers, one working in public health and international development, and the other in staging and interior styling. Interior styling was fun, but it lacked a depth I knew I needed to make it my sole career. So I prayed for a bridge, a way to serve and to design at the same time. The Oasis Alliance has been in formal existence for six months, and the vision and the purpose grow stronger every day in my heart. New opportunities are emerging faster than I can process them. This organization has challenged me in so many ways in its very short period of existence. Like any birth, there are strange pains, shifting, periods of self-doubt, waiting, pushing, loss of control, hard labor, blood, sweat, and tears, literally. So many questions have surfaced. Questions of competence, capacity, intention, and agency. In a very palpable way, I am birthing it, and it is birthing me. All right. Danielle. Tamika. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, yeah, I just, there's so many beautiful gems in what oh. you just shared. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I would like to hear more about like how you started the Oasis Alliance. Just what, what started that birth? So I mentioned before that, um, that I've been struggling in terms of choosing my direction in life and my career. Um, there was a part of me that wanted to take the safe route and do what I had studied to do, which mm-hmm. is interior, I mean, uh, in- international development. Mm-hmm. And then there was always that artsy part of me that just wanted to express myself in various ways, you know, jewelry design, art, painting, and interior design. Right. And I couldn't figure out, you know, both. Well, international development 
practically speaking, had the most palpable effect in terms of you know affecting other folks and other and other nations and um, planning programming for them that was going to help their lives, right? Yeah. But when you work out of D.C., you're in headquarters, so you don't get to see the effects of what you're doing, and yeah. you're mired down in paperwork and bureaucracy and all of that stuff. Right. So I wasn't getting that feeling of serving from that profession. Got it. Right? Yeah. So I... I was praying internally, just praying. My heart was praying that I could find a way to do the thing that made me happy, which was the design part of things right. um, for people who needed it. Um, so when I first got back, so I went to Peace Corps. I served there okay. and, um, for a few years um, in the Dominican Republic. And um, when I got back, I worked at a public health clinic as a case manager for a lot of indigent populations, immigrants, Spanish-speaking immigrants, right? Mm-hmm. So we had our little clinic right in the middle of an apartment building, and it was just like people would come in with whatever they needed. It was almost like counseling. It was it was just a one-stop shop, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, that was fulfilling because I was helping people right there where they were and developing relationships with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, to this day... Um, I was in the airport the other day, and a woman that I helped, you know, eight or nine years ago remembered me at the airport, and um, we stopped and we talked, and she told me about her struggles with her mom and dad, and I just remembered speaking to her, you know, so many times and talking through all the issues she was having and um, um, and just trying to help her and connect her to services. So I love the aspect of being in, with an individual and learning them as a human being. Yeah, the relationship. Right, the relationship. Yeah, um, but I needed money. <laughs> we all need money. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of important, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Yeah. And unfortunately, the professions where they where you help folks the yeah. most—teachers, social workers, clergy members—they don't pay as much. Right. And so I had that crucial fork in the road where I had to decide where am I going? Am I going to go to corporate and do international development? In a corporate setting, mm-hmm. am I going to stay here and do this? What's next? Mm. And so, um, you know, I was about to get married. I needed funds. I, you know, I hadn't experienced. I had been out in the field and then, you know, in that small clinic. So I hadn't experienced the corporate side. So I decided to do that for a few years. Yeah. Um, and felt further and further away from my calling to yeah. help people and to be with people. Yeah. So... God sparked this idea through church. I was on the outreach team because mm-hmm. I was trying to get that that fill somewhere else, sure. right? Yeah. And um, our church had a huge storage unit um, in the back, and there was a ministry that used to exist where they would collect items for people who needed them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the couple left the church, and they left, left all the items in this huge storage bin, like like a you know yeah. a large space. Yeah. Um, and the church was like, we don't know what to do with this stuff. Uh, nobody wants to take on the ministry that was abandoned. And we don't know what to do with it. But um, since you seem to have some ideas on how the community could access it, let us know what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll give you this space, and then you can use it as you see fit. And so then I was like, oh, I'm, I have a storage. That's the first thing you need when you're yeah. doing something like, the, you know. yeah. Um, home transformation. And so I went in and we emptied out. There were clothes, things that had been sitting in there for three, four, five years. Mm -hmm. We emptied out all the clothes and 
we used it, we leveraged it with uh, a local nonprofit that will give you, they will give you money for pounds of clothes and you can exchange that. Okay. Um, and use that little nest egg to start. And so the first project was, um, we called it uh, Room for Everyone. Mm-hmm. And I still love that because they were creating yeah. you know, space for everyone. That is a good name. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, you know how God gives you ideas. Yep. So, so I was sitting in the pastor's office. I was like, I already know what I'm going to call it. I, you know, I could see, you know, running 10, 10 steps down the road. Yeah. And that's how we started. But immediately after starting, I wanted to level up because sometimes when you're working in a church setting, some of the funding and resources that you need are not accessible because it's a faith-based organization, yep. mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can't, I can't ask IKEA for furniture because they don't, yeah, you know, they, they don't, don't want to associate themselves with the the, the institutions, exactly, right? yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that was a limiting factor for me, and I really don't, I don't like that, right? So I was like, well, let me start the process of creating a nonprofit, mm-hmm. and let me tell you, I mean, it's a lot to take on, yeah, and. Um, continues to be um, an administrative task to get to keep that going and to make sure and compliance and all that kind of stuff but so worth it because it yeah. opened up so many more doors for us right so about six months ago we got our status and um, I knew t- there were two girlfriends in the design industry one who was starting out locally that lives in my area mm-hmm. that I basically stalked on Craigslist because I saw her. <laughs> I saw her ads and I was just like, who is this woman? We need to, you know, I'm right. always like about like coming together and yeah, sharing, yeah, yeah. sharing best practices, sharing how did you get this? How did you um, figure this, this challenge out? So one woman that was local and then another who had been um, my, I worked at a staging company for a few years on the side okay. and she was my design supervisor. And I knew she had a heart to serve other people too, mm-hmm. just a chilled out energy just a wonderful woman. Yeah. And so with the two of them, we started. Yeah. And we've been going ever since uh, in terms of helping families in different situations. We started out with the shelter, um, helping um, transitioning families coming out of the shelter. Mm-hmm. So you walk into this space and all you have is white walls. And you're supposed to be happy and encouraged by the space, but it's like we're sleeping on the floor still. I mean, yeah. and... I just know how important it is to have a space that you get space to relax, a space to call home, Mm -hmm. a space to unplug, and a space that rejuvenates you. And so I was like, well, this is it. It's the marriage of what I love to do, serve, what I love to do, design, and I'm serving God by serving other people. Yeah. It's, there's a, there's no, there's, it's a win-win. Yeah. So... The next step for me is figuring out how can I support my family mm-hmm. and serve others. Right. <laughs> the it's, challenge. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's, um, you know, survival. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you hard labor, blood, sweat, and tears, girl. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that. I know that also well. What are you doing, though? In terms of trying to reconcile that for yourself, like so, here's here's what I mean. Like I know for myself, even with doing for Kyla girls, I feel like I ain't got no time, no, you know. And then now as a, a single mom, like that's even that's compounded even more, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Um, so I am really struggling in figuring out how to manage all of the things, and I know like this. This space, this podcast is important. Just like the work that you were doing is so 
important. Like, mm-hmm. it's also very dope, by the way. Oh, thank you. And you're welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, like, how, what are you focusing on in order to keep your yourself grounded, right? And so that I'll ask that first because I can keep going. So what are you doing, like, to keep yourself grounded? I think reflecting on milestones, reflecting on where you came from and the people that you're serving. Like, I can close my eyes now and picture the families that we've served, mm. the moms that we've helped, mm-hmm. the kids. I see the faces. Yeah. And, and the times where I have a tendency to turn inward because just like you were saying, you know, sometimes it's hard to balance your needs and what you you know the world needs in terms of right. uplift and encouragement and all the things that your podcast provides and then our organization as well. Um, there are times when you could just feel like, why am I doing this? Right. Yeah. I felt the same way with Peace Corps when all I graduated school mm-hmm. and then the whole community, all my family were like, okay, now you need to get a corporate job and make that money. Yeah, there's that pressure, right? Right. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Why are you doing this <laughs> just to go live in a hut somewhere for three right. years? Girl, you know, get a job. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right? I've heard that several times already. <laughs> I'm a whole pastor and like, I'm like, I, this is my call. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. So... So it's kind of the same thing in a different way is Mm -hmm. like just knowing the impact you're making, knowing the long term, reminding yourself, renewing your mind, right? Right. Reminding yourself every day and every moment that that thought takes you over where it's like, okay, survival mode. Like my family, we need more income. Right. You know, Uh, my kids, they don't see me as much. and, And it's been a struggle. I mean... I had to actually scale back on my regular full-time job to try to shift that balance because this is so important to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Once it takes over your heart and it's so important, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. I'm not letting it go. Right. So something else has to go, right? right? So I had to scale back on my on my full-time job and let go of a project that was stressing me out because I was like, I can't wake up in the morning, work on this, put the kids to bed, work on that late at night, get three hours of sleep and continue serving in excellence and continue having the right attitude as I'm doing it. Right. Because I was falling apart at the seams at home and my kids were like, I walked, I mean, this has happened, full disclosure, this happened a couple months ago and this is what shifted something in me. My my daughter, who is eight, I just was coming home every night just pissed off, angry, upset, tired, right? I'm tired. She said, do you even like being a mom? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. And it broke me down. I was like, I can't continue living like this. That was the one thing. It wasn't the pressure from people at sure. work. It wasn't my husband. It wasn't, you know, the tantrums, my three-year-olds. That set me off and was like, nope, yeah. it's not worth it. Yeah. So I have these balls in the air. Which one is going to fall? Mm-hmm. You know, which one needs to be let go mm-hmm. of? And um, and I chose this project at my job and the repercussion of that is that I felt like kind of publicly humiliated because I felt like I didn't, like I failed. Yeah. When we talk about like when you step out in faith and the challenge that you, challenges that you face, that's definitely one is that you have to let something go. And sometimes that's a painful thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it feels like a failure. Sometimes mm-hmm. it, it, whatever it is, it affects you negatively and you have to be able to to pray through it and, and manage those emotions. And that's something I really hadn't dealt with before. Right. Right? So yeah. it's a sacrifice that I've made and training ground for what I'm going into. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's, wow. 
think, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Sure. Like, I mean, it's embarrassing. Uh, yeah. Mm, okay. But yes, honest. it might have, it might, yes, I hear that. I yeah. hear that. I also, so like, I'm glad that you shared it because it, I, I resonate with that on so many levels. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been dealing personally myself with like mom guilt all the time, all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like letting things go, being willing to fail is like, whew, that's, <laughs> that's a big challenge mm-hmm. within itself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that speaks so, so much to me right now. So I thank you. I really needed to hear yeah, that. Yeah, not the only one yeah, going through it. I really appreciate that. And, you know, and just um, when you feel that guilt or when your child, your child is signaling to you, it doesn't mean all is lost. It's right. a signal, right? Yeah. That, let me lean in a little more and spend some more time here, yeah. invest more time here. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that, um, and c- c- this make, continues to make me upset is when people say you can have it all and you're superwoman and you're so strong. Oh it's gosh. like strength is overrated, okay? Listen. I need help. Listen. <laughs> it takes a village. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that's also, that's a thing, again, I, a pet peeve of mine mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea that we we need to have it all and we need to do it all and we need to be okay with all. Like, I've actually been going through this process myself with, like, with all of the things, with for college girls, with... Um, like my ministry, mm-hmm. where God is calling me. It's like, listen, I I can't do all of this and do it well. I'm going to have to figure out ways to, like you had pointed out, like let one ball drop where it needs to. Um, <laughs> and also, I've been really, really okay with not producing as much. And people probably noticed. <laughs> but like really being okay with, like I would like... I would prefer to have the time in the space. So when I do, I'll do it. And when I don't, I don't. Because I really don't want to get into this space of like the our consumerism culture. Absolutely. Where we're constantly feeling like we have to give as much as we can. Yeah, especially and as with black podcasts, women, listen. Social media. Oh my gosh. And as black women. We do. Yeah. Producer, producer, producer. Yeah. Strong. Con- keep going. Yeah. Push through the wall. You got this, sis. No. 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 Sometimes we ain't got it. Yeah. Right? Right. And so, like, yeah. So, thank you for sharing that again. Because, like, we do need to be honest about being vulnerable and, like, also honest. And when it it comes down to it, sometimes you have to let stuff go. Sometimes you have to fail. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you... It is embarrassing. I hear that. Mm -hmm. Like, I hate failing. I hate not getting stuff done. I really do. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that's like the bravest thing you can do. Right. Absolutely. And the the tender the most tender thing you can do for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Is to allow yourself that space. Like you said, you slowed down on um, producing, right? Yeah. Every nugget that you give us is going to be that much sweeter because you took your time and put your all your energy into it. Right. Which makes it exponentially impactful in the world, and so. It just makes sense. Yeah. But it takes us, and in, in this culture, it takes so much to be able to remove ourselves from that. Mm-hmm. You got to keep them engaged. If you don't keep them engaged, you're going to lose your yeah. followers. You're going to lose your, all the things. All no the things. Gonna, yeah. Like, what things? Yes. <laughs> I don't even what know what I'm posting. That I <laughs> <laughs> I'm like switching right. from this account to that yes. account. And it's like, oh. I just want to put 
this phone down. Right. Um, and live. And live. Yeah. And be present. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, and so that's another thing is that, and then if your personality is ten, tends to be like the driver personality who will just push through, push through, push through, yeah. you don't, and you're not in touch with your body, you're not in touch with how you're feeling about things, mm. which is, is me, mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be at rock bottom before I realize what's going on. Yeah. <clears throat> and so um, even with the organization, yeah, grow, expand, take on this population. We need more money. You got to go pick up this dresser. Like, you know, you're just, it can be all encompassing. Yeah. And so um, I was getting overwhelmed. And then once the overwhelm starts, then I start procrastinating on things that I'm supposed yep. to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I had to tell actually that I had some team members who were really, really engaged and excited and like, let's do this, let's do that. Yeah. I'm like, y'all have to slow down. Yeah. Because you're stressing me out. Mm-hmm. And this pace will. This is this is not going away. So I'm okay with it growing organically. Right. I don't have to force it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We'll do as many families as we can. The resources allow us to do, and then gradually, as we build out what we've done, the story will tell itself, mm-hmm. and more more people will come. They will come. Yeah. But I got to keep my family intact. I got to keep my mind. Right and space intact, yeah. My spiritual life intact, yeah. There's so many other aspects of me that need tending to. I can't. I gotta just take this pace myself. That's so good. And that yeah. was after I kind of internalized that. I think things changed for me in terms of my mental health and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so that's so good. Danielle. Yeah. thank you. Because yeah. that's I've, I'm sure there are people who are gonna hear this and be like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. I yeah, needed, that's I the world we live in that, today. Right? And as women. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That we have to produce more. We have to give more. We have to stay strong. And we look can good do doing all. it. Look good. <laughs> girl, wake up looking like Beyonce, girl. No, I can't. No. Um, <laughs> can't I did not it. wake up like this. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then the shame that goes along. No. Yeah. Um, no, there's just so much. <laughs> it's compounded. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot we have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so I'm wondering about how this work you're doing is really forming you and your faith in God and how that's that's happening for you. So that's a very open-ended conversation, yeah. but whatever comes of it. It's all swirled in there, mm-hmm. but um, I think there have been quite a few battles that I've been in since I stepped out, and that's how it typically works, right? Yeah. Once you put your, dip your toes in yep. there. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It starts coming at you all different from all different um yeah, angles. But um I think I think one thing that's is challenged me, um, starting this organization has challenged me to do is to change my mindset. Um they talk about having an abundant mindset versus a deficit, you know, mindset. Right. And striving towards things and then like I've I've tried to break into different opportunities on my own, right? Right. And then God will just come like 24 hours, just like put the right people in the right place. Mm -hmm. And I'm all the way out here and I'm struggling, you know, doggy paddling over here. You know, like just accepting that he provides abundantly, that I don't have to struggle all the time. Mm. It's such an... um, it's a hidden mentality that I think a lot of us have. I mean, I even think about very practical things like 
I wait till my gas tank is empty before I fill it. I don't keep my right. gas on on full. Yeah, no. No. Yeah. I'm like always pushing yeah. the last 10 it's miles. It's beeping. And a, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Why? Because I grew up not having a lot of money. It was always like just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, we got, my husband and I, we got into a lot of debt to try to keep up with the Joneses that when we graduated, a lot of my um, peers are like, um, because of the high school I went to, a lot of them are in the top earning brackets and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not, right. you know, and I, I have embraced the fact that I want to work with the people and I'm probably not necessarily going to be yeah. there, right? but I want to be comfortable and I want to be able to take a few vacations a year and not mm-hmm. feel guilty about it. Yeah. I want my children to experience the world and not be isolated in the mm-hmm. United States of America and not know about what's outside these borders. Right. These are the things that are driving in terms of values what I'd like my family to experience and yeah. it will take more than what we have now, right? Right. So I have to think about abundantly about, okay, if I do go into um, this full-time, which is my prayer, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. who doesn't want to work on their calling full-time? Right. God will provide and I won't have to struggle. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's a it's a hard. Yep, that's real hard. I hear that. So he's working on my mindset. Yeah. Um. He's showing me that his the div, his divine efficiency is so much greater mm-hmm. than me trying to like make things work and figure things out on my own. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's one lesson that I've been learning. I think we've talked about patience versus immediate gratification and, yeah. and wanting success or wanting. Whatever that looks like, which whether it means more funding to do more good right. work, right, or whatever it is, and just having patience with myself that it's an organic process. So that's one thing that he's he's been settling me in my spirit mm-hmm. instead of being always agitated by not being where I think I'm supposed to be in the future, right? To be present and to be happy in the present. Ooh, that's so good. Because listen, I just um, that is so great that you mentioned that. That's just like. Um, (laughs) I had a therapy session last week and my therapist gave me permission in a way to enjoy the journey. Yes. And I was like, oh, like what? Like that's real. We hear it all the time, but it just doesn't sink in. It doesn't sink in until it sinks in, right? right? And then you realize, oh, I, I should actually like enjoy these moments, even the like, I I've, I'm trying to find that balance of even in the hard spaces, being like, but here I am, right? And like, and here I can spend time with my kids, or here I am preaching. Like, who yes. knew I was going to be standing here preaching in this moment like this, right? Yeah. Or here I am, like sharing a story with someone, and someone is sees me as worthy of hearing that and talking to me, you know? And so, like, really trying to find those spaces where I can really enjoy, enjoy. the journey. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I think, yeah. I think a major part of that, obviously, is gratitude, practicing gratitude. Yes. Right? Yep. Even yeah. on the way here with yeah. the traffic. But there was some really cool graffiti and stuff on the way here, like yeah. under the bridges and, yeah. then, and then the nature and all that kind of stuff right in the middle of the city. And I was like, okay. Mm. Just enjoy the scene. Just enjoy the ride. You're still on time. Right. Just enjoy the ride. Yeah. Right. Just little teeny things like that that seem kind of insignificant. Yeah. But you can tell you're growing in your faith when you have those little moments and you're like, okay. Yeah. You know? Just really able to revel in the joy and yeah, and yeah. see the goodness. And yeah. I like that. That's really good advice. I yeah. <laughs> 
Say a little bit more about the people that you are meeting through this work that you're doing. Okay. Yeah. First, I have to talk about the people we serve. Yeah. They are what make the most impact on me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them have been through some really serious struggles mm-hmm. um, from children who have been abused by maybe their uncle or somebody in the home and their parent has requested, we can't afford to move out, but we can't have our kid continuously triggered by going into the same space where this right. violence occurred, yeah. you know, or this attack occurred. Yeah. Can you please at least make it feel different? Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. So watching their faces as you've, tr- you know, you painted, you transformed, it doesn't look like the same space. Seeing how, you know, I, and I've had people email me afterwards and say, you know, oh, she's doing so much better. He's mm-hmm. doing so much better. You know, that kind of thing. Um, that to me is just, that makes my soul happy and cry out to God for giving me the opportunity to do that for someone. Yeah. That's something that will um, change that person's life and potentially the generations after that. You yeah. know? Yep. Um, you just never know the impact you have with small things, right? Yeah. And also the parents. So coming from a parent, a mom's perspective, yeah. you're one of your sole purposes when you have kids, protect them. You know, mm-hmm. I don't let my daughter go to to uh, sleepovers or anything after right. going, having gone through this yeah, and some of my own experiences. Yeah. So to fail at that and ha- to not be able to take that back that you yeah. weren't able to protect your child, yep. this is giving them a little piece of peace, mm-hmm. you know, that at least her space is her own again, or at least he yeah. can be safe in his space again. And the parents... Not, almost always react more than the kids. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who are boohooing on the, you know, crying and yeah. like snotty nose, you know, <laughs> which is what we want. We want, you know, right. we want them to feel happy. So, right. um, but that guilt is something that I think a lot of people are so focused on the victim. They don't realize the guilt that the parents might feel too. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that, that I've really enjoyed and that has ministered to me is, um, is seeing that reaction. Um, I also have been, t- uh, so when we started the Oasis Alliance, I didn't know that this was going to be one of the themes that kind of just emerged as the main theme, right? When I used to work um, as a case manager, I remember one um, one time we were handing out supplies, you know, to homeless people. And mm-hmm. um, we had like three different types of body wash and they each had a different sort of scent to it. And we're just handing them out. And then this one guy was like, no, I don't want that one. I want that one. Mm-hmm. And my immediate reaction was, look, this you don't have free. anything. Right. This for free. What this you mean? This is free. <laughs> so you take what I, you know. Um, yeah. And it wasn't that that explicit, but it was a feeling of like, how dare. What, yeah. Just take the body wash, okay? Yep. It's free. Mm-hmm. Right? But that that situation or that instance or that um that particular anecdote stayed with me for some reason. Mm-hmm. And and I've kind of turned that on its head with the Oasis Alliance and that we're giving people options. Right. When we design for them, we design, they tell us what they like, what motivates them, what excites them, what makes them feel relaxed and calm, how they want their space to feel. I'm taking a person and giving them choices and options. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And I hadn't realized how much, like, when you're at your wit's end and your your back is against the wall and you're homeless or you're here and there, you don't have choices. And that's one of the most 
demoralizing and dehumanizing thing about being in those positions is that I just, I'm at the mercy of whoever, right? Right. So giving them the opportunity and space to choose again is empowering them in more ways than just designing a space, right? Like this space reflects me because I'm important, right? Mm -hmm. So um, there are some volunteers who've um, had a hard time understanding like, no, we want them to have basically new furniture. Yeah. We're not going to give them this this coffee table that the dog chewed on. Yeah. We're not going to give him them your trash. Right. We're getting furniture from a company, a staging company that prides himself on how things look. They are getting and many times they're getting better than I have at my own house. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I am happy and excited about that. Yeah. And some people are like, you know, they should be happy with whatever they're getting and I'm like there's a difference between being grateful for what you're receiving and also being able to like say, I chose this, mm-hmm. that this reflects me, that I can, I have, I have a voice. Yep. I'm a human being and I have a voice and a preference. Yep. I'm not just taking whatever people give to me. And, and when you can do that, then you start to make different choices in life, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have your agency back. Right. Yep. That's really good. I, yeah, I, I, man. That's so important because I I do think our culture tells us that unless you earn it, you don't deserve it. And that is so not gospel. Um, <laughs> it's Abundance. Like, <laughs> yeah. Blessings. Right. You know, um, prodigal son comes back. He hasn't deserved. Then, he doesn't deserve yeah. anything. But he's seated at the head of the table. Right. It's it's for me. It's that concept. And I've had I've had volunteers say for this Christmas family that we're serving now. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to give, like, I asked the mom, what would you like, you know, in, in your greatest situation, like a pedicure, right? Mm-hmm. But we've had people who have been like, well, I want a pedicure and I want, you know, I want a beach house, but I have to work for it. Like, that's just too much, right? Lord. And mm-hmm. I know that's not the right person to necessarily work with us. Right. Because they don't understand yeah. the why behind what we're doing. Exactly. You know? And what you're not doing is, it's not about... So what I'm hearing you say anyway, because I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what I'm hearing you say is not about like, we have this really false understanding of like what luxury is, what like, you know, you ought to have this income in order to be able to do this thing. But it's more about like acknowledging that human beings desire, like they have desires, right? And no matter where they are and the, the status of our our culture, um, they deserve to at least be acknowledged in those desires. That's exactly right. It. It's not that we can't necessarily meet every desire, exactly. but everyone has the God given right to express that. Yeah. Right. Why not? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's so. Yeah. It's part of what makes us a human being. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. I I, I love that. That's like. Well, I remember us talking at Wild Goose. So for our listeners, this is how we met Danielle yeah. <laughs> at Wild Goose. And Laura went up. <laughs> Laura, <laughs> Laura being Laura introduced herself to Danielle. And then like we sat that night and talked a bit about things. And that you had mentioned a sim- like you mentioned the story about the homeless man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the things that really stuck with me mm-hmm. from our conversation is when you brought that up. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, that's that's how we ought to be treating people, right? Yeah. We ought to assume that they have a right to ask for things and to want things and to 
make choices, right? Mm-hmm. Just because a person is not where you are doesn't mean they don't deserve like that kind of autonomy and you know right. humanity. Right. And we kind of see it as diametrically opposed for yeah. some reason. Yeah. You know, if you're giving somebody something and they should grovel and be grateful. And right. and there's something to be said for being grateful for sure. But there's yeah. but yeah, it's just kind of um dissecting that concept. That's been really, really important. And it started out as something underneath the surface and it's starting to bubble up is to be like one of our values, core values as as a mission. I love it. Yeah. I love that so much. That's so good. (laughs) Well, Danielle, you're the best. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love you. Um, (laughs) uh, You, I, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for just like sharing your story for sharing like what you're learning um, through this amazing work that you're doing. Now, if people want to support you because um, y'all going to have to do that, (laughs) that (laughs) That would be awesome. (laughs) You heard me before. (laughs) People got families up in the streets. Yeah, no. Um, If they want to support you, where can they go? So um, they can go to our website. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a link right at the top on the um, the menu at the top to donate. And the website is www.theoasisalliance.org. Or they can text OASIS, O-A-S-I-S, to 44321. And then you can send a donation quickly via text. Perfect. Pre- pretty easy to do. That's super easy. And how can they follow you and your, and your projects and all the good work you're doing on social media okay so our instagram handle is at the oasis alliance underscore and then my personal instagram handle is at danny j design danny j design yeah. i like it yeah. <laughs> awesome well thank you again and please go to her website and check out the work that they're doing it's so important um and tis the season for giving y'all so come on y'all come on y'all <laughs> <laughs> We're too proud to beg. All right. <laughs> Thank you again so much. Thank you, Samika. This I has really been really awesome. You. All right. Okay. Peace. Peace. We want to again thank Danielle Woodhouse Johnson for sharing her story with us. Make sure to learn more about her and her organization, the Oasis Alliance, at theoasisalliance.org. You should go and support her and her work, y'all. It's super important. Also, we'd like to give a huge shout out and thanks to Michael Wright for mixing, editing, and just being all around awesome. Thank you, Michael. The music you heard in this episode is Blue Boy by Lakey Inspired, and you can find him on SoundCloud. You can follow us on the Gram, Facebook, and Twitter at For Collar Girls, and that's Collar Like the Greens, y'all. Till next time, peace. <laughs>